Hello, Les Raymond here with the Mindful Movement. Whether you are about to enjoy one of Sarah's beautiful meditations or dive into a podcast interview, I would like to remind our community that the best way to support the Mindful Movement is to support the companies that make this happen. Sarah and I are very picky about the companies we choose to work with, and we are grateful to have the relationships we have and to share them with our listeners. You can learn more about our affiliates through our website by clicking on the Favorites tab. We are excited to have recently added Sunlighten as an affiliate. They make state-of-the-art infrared saunas, and their founder, Connie, came on for a recent interview if you would like to listen. Our Sunlighten sauna has been a family favorite for over a decade. Some of our most popular affiliates are the grounding mats from Ultimate Longevity, which we sleep on every night, and the Apollo Neuro, which Sarah is now wearing daily to help manage stress. When you support these brands, you in turn are supporting the mindful movement and helping Sarah and I continue to devote our time to this passion. Whether you check out these companies or not, I just want to say thanks again and reiterate how grateful Sarah and I both are for all of the support over the years. I hope you enjoy the episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Mindful Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Les Raymond. Thanks for joining me today for another episode. Today I have Adam Fields, a chiropractor out of California, coming onto the show. I was recently introduced to Adam's work via YouTube. Adam puts out some just outstanding content in very digestible sized pieces where you can learn things that you can do for yourself to improve your sense of well-being quickly. I'm always looking for things that I could add to my lifestyle that helps me live better. And what I've realized is I spend a lot of time on all the stuff kind of below my neck, whether it's through my movement routine and all the practices I have, my exercise routines. And turns out there's a ton of stuff above the neck, muscles, bones, joints, ligaments. It affects how well we could breathe and where we hold tension in our neck So I was really excited that his work speaks directly to that and he gives you kind of how-tos of things that you can do that don't take a lot of time, that don't take a lot of effort, that can really move the needle in your overall well-being. Now, he also works one-on-one with people for those that could get to him, but what's great is you could do so much just from learning some of these basic tips. So I personally have been playing around with his work for about a month or so, and it's tremendous. I really like what it's doing for me. I think it's really helping me. So I wanted to be a conduit for him and allow him to spread his message to our audience. So I hope you find value in the conversation today. And if you do, please let us know. Enjoy the show. All right, everyone. I got Adam Fields, the chiropractor from Fields Chiro, FieldsFamilyChiro.com, and also Adam Fields DC on YouTube. How I first intro- was introduced to him. Adam, thanks for joining me today on the Mindful Movement Podcast. Please say hello to our audience. Right on. Thank you, Les. I appreciate being here, and hello, audience. 
All right. So you're a chiropractor. Let's start off maybe telling folks how, what led you down that path? Like, how'd you get to where you are now? Well, often like chiropractors, you meet a lot of them in school and they've got this like road to Damascus experience where they just, they were, they were sick and they were maimed and they, you know, some chiropractor saved their life. Um, I didn't have that. I had a brother who was a chiropractor, a cousin who's a chiropractor, uncle's a medical doctor, a lot of people in my family. And uh, so I was, I, I wanted to go into medicine. And I started interviewing medical doctors and uh, saying, okay, how do you like it? Right? What, what's going on with the profession? That kind of thing. And I started to hear some things like, well, we're being taken over by insurance companies. Our hands are tied a little bit. If you've got to become a medical doctor, do it. And I went, okay, I, it's, 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 a, it's an excitement, but it's not like I, I've got to do this. And my brother was in chiropractic and I went, okay, well, maybe I'll just be a chiropractor, you know? And it wasn't really like, something I was excited about. Halfway in, I'm thinking, you know, maybe I need to quit, go to med school. Uh, wasn't turned on. I was at a school that was, uh, that was not really that demonstrative with chiropractic. It wasn't that like chiropractic lives, breathes, brushes its teeth here. And so I went to my class and I was, there was 30 of us. And I said, uh, I'm not getting it. I said, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, this is just not really exciting to me. And a lot of the class was there with me also. And 13 of us left. The president was freaked out. He's oh, just wow. like, are you kidding? What are you doing to my school? And we went to another school called Life Chiropractic College West. And it was the land of milk and honey for chiropractic, right? And I got turned on. I got, I was just... I was so grateful. I would kiss the ground and thank God I was becoming a chiropractor and I got it. And the science was deep and the philosophy was profound. And I started to get this in chiropractic, they call it spizzerinctum, which is this excitement for what you do and a, and a passion to serve others. And at, at LifeWest, there was what's called a lasting purpose. You know, uh, you, you basically have a purpose in your life uh, from now until death, right? And so, after chiropractic school, I wanted to bring chiropractic to a new land. I wanted to spread it across the world. And so I was going to go to Spain, but I wanted to learn Spanish first. So I thought Guatemala. So I went to Guatemala. I had a friend with me. And it was day one. It was just all hands on deck. We're, we're walking down the street first day. We're on these cobblestone streets. So you kind of have to look down to, to, to watch where you're going. And I hear this thumping and I look up and there's a woman having a seizure in the street. She's half in the street, half in the sidewalk. And as a young chiropractor, it's like, you got a hammer in your hand and everything looks like a <laughs> nail, right? And you're like, this woman needs an adjustment. You know, so we run up and adjust her and the seizure stops and there's a crowd forming and I can't believe what just happened, right? And people are telling me, hey, you, you better get out of here because if the authorities come, you're, you're new to the town. And, and so uh, we got out of there. And, but I started working in a hospital and I worked in the, uh, some villages with no running water, no electricity. I have my mountain bike, my adjusting table on my back, pedal into these villages and just adjusting people. And they're coming from miles around. And, and, and then I went into a hospital and, and these were severely disabled children. 
and parents just wouldn't know what to do with their kids. They drop them off. And I'm going, the first time I went in, I'm just in tears. I can't even get a hold of myself, you know, seeing um, just 18 year olds in cribs all twisted up like rope. And, um, and then I started adjusting them. I started getting through to them and I'm, I, I've got kids in straight jackets that are trying to bite me that I'm adjusting. Um, it, it was very heavy and the nurses were excited and, and, and the doctors wanted to, me to teach them what they were doing. I'm like, I don't think so. I just got out of school. And uh, so you're like, what, 22, 23 at this time? I'm 25 at the time. And, um, and so I, I, I'm kind of like still wondering, like, am I doing anything? Am I really helping these kids? Because they were the worst of the worst. And they all had these same haircut, whether they were a boy or girl, and they either had blue or red kind of sweatpants and, and shirt on or pajamas. And I'm, I'm walking out of there one day, I've got my adjusting table in my hand, and I'm just kind of looking up and I kind of like this, this where you look up and you give this sigh, like, God, am I helping these kids, you know? And this one kid that wasn't responding just kind of grabs my hand and just starts slobbering all over it. And she's trying to kiss my hand. And I'm like, oh gosh, you know, it was just, we're getting through a little bit here. Wow. And um, that's a powerful so, story. So that was, that was the, the kind of start of my, my chiropractic experience. I was able to see these people that had all kinds of conditions. Whereas in the United States are more, okay, musculoskeletal, that type of thing. But I was seeing it perform, the adjustments perform on a level that I probably wouldn't have seen in the United States. So I came back with just fervor and uh, opened up a practice and was very quickly seeing 60 to 80 people a day. And just- So I, I myself have had a bunch of chiropractic experience like going to them for injuries and so forth. Like, how do you describe the mechanism there? Is it just like clearing interference of the nervous system so that the body could do do its own kind of healing? How do you like summarize that effect you had on those kids? And you said it was Guatemala? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So it, it, the thing is, is that it's what's interesting now is we're getting so much research on the brain and, um, you know, when, when you and I had this conversation, you were saying, well, I, I deal with more below the neck and you're dealing with, with a lot above the neck um, but the reality is is you're dealing a lot with above the neck because you can input into the brain via anywhere because nerves go anywhere and they shoot up to the brain right. so if you actually have postural distortions or or even mechanical distortions in a shoulder or a wrist or whatnot that will change the afferent messages to the brain it's almost like a garbage in garbage out and so for the listeners, afferent essentially means on a on a nerve that that runs kind of north and south. Right. There's information that goes from the body up to the brain, kind of bringing environmental input signaling mm -hmm. up. And then what efferent is the brain sending signals downward to like organize muscular contractions or whatever. Right. I love it. I love it. I'll use I'll use north and south. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so. So anyway, so if you are, let me give you an example. Let's say a guy is hunched over and he's, he's on a walker, right? And he's not moving too much, right? There's not a lot of mechanical stimulation to the brain. So his brain, his literal cerebral cortex downregulates. It doesn't function as well. Uh, an example in nature would be a, a C-squirt. C-squirt, uh, 
is in the ocean. It has about a 300 neuron brain and it uses that brain and it's moving around a little bit on the, on the floor of the ocean. And then at some point during its life cycle, it attaches to the floor. And when it attaches to the floor, it no longer needs movement. So have you heard this? No, I've never heard. So the sea squirt, what it does is it literally cannibalizes its own brain. It eats its brain, right? I don't need a brain anymore because I'm not moving. And so movement is key for brain function. So when you are fixing someone's posture, when you're uh, changing the mechanics of their spine, you're literally going right to brain function. It's interesting. I remember learning, I think it was through an organization called, uh, it was a movement organization called um, Original Strength that basically uses, uh, I guess like a variation of like developmental kinesiology to kind of restore movement that definitely has some large influence in my own like personal practice to this mm -hmm. day. But they talked about when you're even in the womb and you're like sloshing around, moving around, like your vestibular system is being created from the input coming in from being bounced around. Like the move, like the brain is literally formed from movement. Like we, it feeds the yes. brain is fed by physical movement. It's the driver. It's the driver. In fact, there's this chiropractor who's won chiropractor of the year many times. He's a researcher. He's, I've learned so much from him. His name is Dan Murphy. And he cleared out all the furniture in his living room when his wife was pregnant. And they had a, a very high ceilings and he put a oversized trampoline in there. And you see video of his wife, eight months pregnant, holding her belly, jumping up and down as high as she can with this, with this trampoline. And this kid turned out to be a genius. So um, it, it's interesting. So yes. Um, I'm glad it didn't trigger like a spontaneous delivery. Right, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if I'd do it. So you know, my wife had twins, so I don't think we'd do that. But the, the mechanics, what's interesting is, is the mechanics oftentimes build the highway and then other things use that highway. So let's say you are balancing, right? Let's say, or, or anybody's balancing. Let's say I got a 70 or 80 year old balancing, right? That wobbling and that lack of, you know, groundedness, right? It's called skill acquisition in neurology, right? And that's literally your brain will start laying down dendrites, right? You're, you will, will secrete brain-derived neurotrophic growth factor, which will go and actually increase neuroplasticity and increase hardware, right? So software driving hardware. But now that movement made the, the highway and now things like sleep, problem solving, rewarding yourself when you do something good, um, all kinds of other things and other vehicles are gonna use that highway that mechanics created. And so for instance, like the mechanics of playing the piano, kids are better at math, right? When, when, when you get a senior citizen, right? And they, they all of a sudden, they, you say, let's go out to dinner, right? Oh, let's go to that same place we've been going. I wanna go to the happy house, right? And, and, and you say, no, no, there's a new place over here. And they, they just don't have the neurology to open up to that different experience. And you're like, oh, he's so ornery. No, he actually doesn't have the hardware. But you have that yogi who's just been stretching and moving and maybe he's 80 years old and he's like, are we going to Bali or Indonesia this year? We did Thailand last year. You know, that kind of thing. Because that flexibility in the spine and the mechanics of the spine are upregulating his cerebral cortex.
You're like flexing that muscle of using BDNF for to to create new neural pathways, and then you, you get it. used to learning and you got doing it. things. That's Absolutely. that's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, speaking of like mus flexing muscles, yeah, you mentioned um, I guess the comment I made to you about I spent so much time below the neck, and I guess what I was referring to is like in the physical body, like. Uh, training like i like to exercise so i exercise pretty much every day probably take a day sometimes two days off a week nice. but and i'm like uh very detail oriented and some would say maybe neurotic in like my planning and programming and the way like my my approach to my movement practice but then when i stumbled on i don't know how i stumbled on your youtube channel um something caught my eye i'm big into like self help. I mean, a big message at the mindful movement is really empowering people to play a bigger role in their sense of well-being and, mm -hmm. you know, do the things, do the work. So I'm always looking for things that could be useful. And I was really drawn to your content and the exercises you provided. And they were all like above the neck. And I realized there's so many muscles and joints and ligaments and tendons and mechanisms neck and above that I don't that I really just neglect when I spend all this time thinking about all these patterns below. And I I noticed, you know, your videos are, are nice, very um, digestible, like, you know, maybe five to 15 minutes, something like that. And I noticed, you know, within the first video, positive sensations in like, my mind very, like very quickly just from like opening up the airways getting some tension out of the the jaw and the neck and i was like oh this is really important and then i stuck with it and i've been you know kind of plugging in the things i've learned like throughout the day and i'm always looking to like stack and multitask so if i'm in the sauna doing breath work like between sets i'll do a few of the exercises you have and i find it extremely not just like um like useful from a movement training perspective but man i feel almost instantly better in some way usually like a clarity eyes feel more open a jaw is more relaxed mm. airway is more open um so first of all i want to say thank you for putting out what you do i'm really grateful for the work that you're doing and maybe you could talk to on some of the points that that led you to put that type of content out? Like what are the common things that people run into? I know there's a lot of information out there about the airways being compromised, probably mm -hmm. from a function of just excessive sitting and poor posture and so forth. And right. these little ways to kind of fight the good fight against what our chronic negative environments are imposing on us. Yeah, well, you, for, and, and I'm honored, I'm so, happy that you're doing then you're getting results and it's it's really i had no idea people would be watching this from all over the world I, to tell you the truth you said what led me to do this it's funny because it was uh it was pure laziness that made me do video <laughs> because i was like in my practice going am i going to repeat this again to this person and uh right. i didn't want to hire somebody to repeat that exercise over and over again so i thought okay well let's make some videos and um it was, it was, I guess it was the beginning of the pandemic. And somebody, somebody said to me, Hey, uh, 
you have this many subscribers. And I, and I said, what's a subscriber? <laughs> I, had, I had no idea. And uh, I'd never subscribed to a video. I, I, I didn't know that was possible. And, uh, and so, so my buddy said, hey, you, you need to nurture this a little bit. And I said, okay. And then I started seeing, oh my gosh, people have written comments. So it's, it's really weird. I just would put the video on and tell people to go there. And I, and I really had no, I didn't go back to it. I so you know. were doing this for the clients that were coming into your office so that you didn't have to repeat yourself. So you can give them basically homework. That's it. That's the only reason, That's right? And, and now we're, you know, have a lot of subscribers, I think. And so yeah, we're going in a good direction. And, and I mean, it, it just blows my mind. You get these people that barely speak English and they're, they're, they're sending me messages like you, you changed my life. And I went to all these ENTs and I, I didn't get results or I, my ears have been plugged up for so many years and now they're open. I mean, it, it just, wow. It just fills my heart. It's uh, I'm honored to be able to reach out and, and, and touch people like this. Um, <clears throat> but it's, you're right. This is kind of a hot topic right now, as far as breathing goes, right? Um, one of the things I do is, is with um, the ears and the sinuses and snoring, sleep apnea, the jaw, that kind of thing, upper cervicals, headaches. And so, um, well, let me go into a story. Um, I have twin girls. Uh, I, I know you have kids and, and, you know, I mean, it's ridiculous how much you love these kids. I'm just crazy about my twin daughters. And, um, but they, one of them was in the hospital for 40 days after she was born. Oh my gosh. And it was, it was tough because one home, one not home, we're, we're going from one place to the next. You go into this NICU and the lights are on and there's beeping and there's tubes and there's, and she had trouble with the suck, swallow, breathe mechanism, right? And, it, and, and so she, they wanted to keep her until she didn't have any of these incidences because her heart rate was going down, her, her oxygen levels were going down. He said, no incidents for five days. And I, I just got antsy and we got, a, we got about six hours where she didn't have an incident. I said, we're gonna bring her home. So we, we, we bring her home. And you're just looking at her as intently as you can while you're feeding her. And if there's any disturbance, you're pulling the, the bottle out. And um, my wife had, she had trouble breastfeeding. And so this, this precious girl, she had, she had constipation for the first year of her life. And I am just trying everything, right? And I've worked with the gut. I've always given probiotics to people, et cetera. And nothing was working. I was doing fermented cod liver oil. I was doing the Weston Price formula. I was getting every probiotic, consulting with heads of companies and nothing was working. And she would strain and it was a problem. And I'm sure she was exposed to a lot there, right? She's, we tried to get you know the formula we wanted in there. We tried to pump, we tried to do everything, but it just wasn't the ideal situation. And so about a year in, I got a hold of this, the Microbiome Labs um, Megaspore, right? And they're spore-based, right? Because most probiotics, they're, a lot of them are live and they die in the 1.5 to 3.5 pH of the stomach and they don't get through into the small and large intestine where they need to do their thing. And so I'm at the seminar, the guy's explaining it to me. I really didn't understand much of what he said, but I said, can I use it on an infant? And I think at that point he was talking over my head. And so I, I, I used it and within a week and a half, she's pooping beautifully. And I went, oh, 
okay, I never carried a supplement in my office because I thought it was kind of cheesy. You know, hey, you want to buy this? You know, here's the extra. Right. And, I, and so I, I never believed in anything enough to really carry anything. But I'm like, let's try this product out. So I'd have some gas occasionally, right? You know, like you eat the wrong food and my wife's having me out in the backyard watching the movie through through the glass. And, <laughs> and so, so I tried on me and I'm like, whoa, this is better. I mean, I could do one bullet chill. I can't do two, but this is way better, right? And she had bloating after having the twins. I'm like, okay, wow, that worked. Um, and so I started to use it on people here in the Silicon Valley. And I had techies going, wait a minute, could it be that my brain is working better. And so anyway, I thought I discovered something beautiful. And, and, and so that was a, a good start to, to my daughter Perla's life. But still, she was restless. Her sleep wasn't very good. And I'm delving deeper in. And, and I do this, right? I'm, this is my space, right? What is going on with this girl? And, uh, and so we realized, wait a minute, she's, she's got a stuffy nose and she's breathing through her mouth right? She didn't go through the breastfeeding. That breastfeeding is just, you're really drawing in the milk and it's, it's an actual muscular event. Um, it, it's part of our developmental process. It's not just a great way to get, get dinner. And so, and it also so, forces you to breathe in through your nose, I guess. I guess that's when you get training to breathe in through your nose. It does. It does. It, it, it trains the tongue. It trains the throat, right? A lot of these bottles these days are just, they're just pouring out and the kid is drinking through a fire hose. Right. Mm. And so, so anyway, so, so as she gets a little older, I'm trying everything I do cranial adjusting, uh, for people where I, where I put a balloon into the nose and I'm inflating it and I'm opening up the cranial bones to get more air into the nose to help brain function um well and, that sounds intense you put a balloon in people's nostrils i do how far up does that go you know i go all the way to the back of the throat um all the way to Whoa. the nasal pharynx right and i'm going into different levels um in the nose there's three different channels on each side and depending on their misalignment pattern of their skull i might go in the lowers i might go into the uppers i might go into a combination and um and i open up the skull bones and it's it's quite profound and and it's the exercises i do on sleep apnea and snoring are meant to go along with this um this therapy hmm. that and sounds so intense it's intense and it's <laughs> wonderful it helps cerebrospinal fluid flow um it helps literally there's there's 22 bones in the skull and they fit together like pieces in a jigsaw puzzle and there's, there's about six, I think there's 67 articulations in the skull. So we're that's talking crazy. About People think joints. generally that the skull is just one big piece. That's, that's one piece. It's one piece. Right. And in fact, you, I went and saw that body worlds exhibit and I was reading and they were like, Oh, the, the bones of the skull are fused and they aren't, we now know they aren't. Um, there's even tiny little blood vessels in between these bones that might carry, you know, the diameter of a couple red blood cells, but there's actual blood in between those bones. Wow. So things can cause them to misalignment from, from, you know, accidents. I see a lot of people have hits, hits on the head, et cetera, but actual what Perla, my daughter was going through actually will cause a malformed skull. And so I, and it's happening with kids like you can't believe. 
they start breathing through their mouth and there it, it affects the development right if you're breathing through your nose that nose is going to open up if you're not breathing through your nose that nose is going to close close down so we as she got older she's four now but she, as she got older her her attitude wasn't as good and i'm just a, a kind of a loving guy right i'm a very loving guy right so i want to kiss and i want to hug and i want to and my daughter Stella was just, you know, we'd communicate with each other while our noses are touching. But Perla was just, didn't want anything to do with me. She had some dark circles in her eyes. She had a, she had a problem. And, and you see this even with, with people who have sleep apnea, they're seniors and things like that. The, the wife is like, he just doesn't love me and this, that, and the other. And, and he's going, she's, she's disrespecting me and lunging at me for love. And they're in this crazy, no love, no respect cycle. And it can just be, the guy's not breathing at night. You know, he's snoring. And so his body- Can I ask you real quick, your daughters, are they identical twins? They're not. They're not. They're not. That would have been real interesting. It is interesting, in fact, you, you, that you bring that up because identical twins will often, if one isn't breathing right, she'll literally be, or he'll literally be shorter than their brother or sister. Hmm. Like you'll see four inches difference, right? And, and then I start doing my treatments and then I, I have a dentist that I work with and you'll see the, the other kids start to shoot up and you'll see them even out. It's, it's incredible. And we're talking about same genetics, right? Yeah. just breathing differently it matters it matters so so i'm 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 thinking should i put the balloons in her nose should i not because i've done infants before i've done babies before i've done toddlers but it's my daughter and is she gonna where our relationship is already she's gonna hate me forever <laughs> hate me forever i'm gonna have my her mom hold her down you know it, it's not a fun experience for for a little kid but even though she's tough and um, so, so anyway, if you, if you take that, right, and, and now she's not developing right, and, and I'm trying everything from nasal sprays that are like organic, et cetera. I'm giving, getting her on anti-mold. She doesn't do sugar. She's on perfect food. We're juicing every day. We're doing it all. And this is a story with a lot of kids, right? They're not, they're, especially in our society, we're getting such, now even we're more indoors. And the air indoors is not as clean as the air outdoors. So we're breathing a lot of pollutants and allergens and we're getting stuffy noses. And then we start this breathing through the mouth thing. And then the, tr the tongue has to drop down. The tongue is actually, check this out. Your tongue is actually like kind of a, a support system for your skull, right? And when you're, when you're sleeping, that tongue should be up on the roof of the mouth, supporting the cranial bones when it drops down, the cranial bones come in and our, our teeth change. And now we're, we have a crowded mouth and we're getting our wisdom teeth pulled and everybody's pulling their wisdom teeth, right? Did you ever get your wisdom teeth pulled? I had one at kind of late in life because it was a, a nasty cavity, but you know, mm -hmm. you raise a very interesting point. It's something I see in the gym a lot, like working with folks you know, the, I've always believed that like form kind of follows function. So like we're kind of designed to do a certain thing and move a certain way for survival to keep the species alive. So we, mm -hmm. whether you believe in evolution or some elegant design or whatever, I mean, either way, like 
our our anatomical design lends itself to do a thing that allows right. us to keep on the planet and make more of us. And based on our environmental inputs that we get that have changed dramatically over the last 100 or 200 years, the architecture changes. You know, we get cashew shaped or whatever you want to call it. But then once the architecture's changed, the function by definition has to change. Like if you lose mobility in a joint, it's impossible for that joint to function and transfer force through that joint the way it was originally designed. So it's, mm. I guess it's the same thing. Like once the shape has been compromised and your tongue and your teeth have crowded or whatever, it's at that point, you can't function optimally. You can't breathe perfectly. You can't. And it affects every cell in your body. It really does. And, you know, you, it's interesting you bring up the whole um, design slash evolution. And, 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 and it's true because, like, I, I think that, you know, we have these digestive systems that are designed and and the food that's on this planet was was designed to melt with it or, or evolve to melt with it, whatever. And, and so when we eat that food, it, it's going to it's going to recognize it. It's going to it's going to turn it into living, loving, thinking less or Adam or whoever. Right. But today, you know, our, it, it, from an evolutionary standpoint, our, our stomachs probably haven't changed in, in 30,000 years from a creation standpoint, our, our the food's the same. And our, our, I mean, the food is completely changed and our digestive system is, is the way it always has been. Right. And so we're not eating that organic thing where we have to use our jaw. We're getting the Vitamix out. We're softening our food. Right. We're processing our food. We're using emulsifiers and things like that. And so our digestive system and our inflammatory system and our pancreas, et cetera, et cetera, are just saying, what the hell is going on here? You know, and now we find kids, like if you look at kids in 1960, 2% of children had a chronic disease under 18. Then you fast forward to 1986, and that went to 12.8% of under 18 year olds had a chronic disease right now fast forward 2011 54% of our kids have a chronic disease right That's staggering it's it's unbelievable so we've altered our world and you know when people say that okay i'm an environmentalist well i believe our internal rivers and valleys and streams are environment right that's the environment if we take care of that environment the external world's going to look a lot better also right so so a lot of that 54% is chronic rhinitis. It's, it's allergies, it's autoimmune, and it's, it involves the nose plugging up. And so what happens is, is it's plugged up and just like my daughter went through, and, and now you have this, this, this sort of life cycle of this person, right? Let's say my daughter, she's doing much better now, I'll get into that, but let's say she just continued, right? She's irritable doesn't have a good relationship with her father, right? Her body is in, is in high stress, right? Sympathetic nervous system's on, right? Now she's going to be snoring eventually, right? She'll be sucking air. And then that negative pressure will draw the tissue in and you'll hear a, a fluttering, which is snoring, right? Now she goes on and maybe she doesn't think as well, right? And maybe she doesn't have the energy. So, you know, if, if she weren't with me, some parent would go, okay, let's go to the doctor. Okay, let's give her a little 
let's give her a little Adderall. Let's give her something to, to pepper up a little, get her thinking a little bit better. Okay, wow, that worked. Okay, cool. Now she continues, gets married. She's irritated. Maybe the husband's a little pissed off. Maybe the marriage isn't as good. Maybe she didn't get into the school she wanted to get into. And now we're talking early diseases, right? Maybe some acid reflux from that snoring, drawing the, the acids up from the stomach. Well, it's and also, so, it's like hypoxia. I mean, you're basically depriving yourself of oxygen. Right, right, right. And this is levels less. I mean, people think, well, I don't snore and I don't have sleep apnea, but there are levels. There's, there's, there's just upper airway resistance, right? That's going to change um, our health. Right. So, so the life cycle of this person then ends up on a, a few drugs by the time they're in their forties, maybe some diabetes, maybe some heart disease. And I know people in my life that, that were, everybody knew they were the people that snored who died early, you know, who died in their fifties, early fifties. I got a wonderful cat running around in the background. Okay. <laughs> so so anyway, so we, I, I like to halt that process, right? So, so I finally talked to my wife, like, okay, we're going to do the cranial adjustment. Put the balloons in. Let's put the balloons in. <laughs> and, uh, and we get, a, we get, she handles it well. She cries. Every time we say balloons, she freaks out. And, uh, and we do it and we get a little bit better. Um, not perfect, but, but a little bit better. Not enough though. We're, we're, not, we're not there yet. We're not hitting the home run. Or maybe approaching first base, and so then I'm I'm talking with a myofunctional therapist and a dentist, and this dentist does something called a vivos DNA splint, and so <clears throat> you can see the palate on these people. You see, you look up at the palate instead of of, of a flattened palate, it's a vaulted or a peaked palate. And so, and now, I mean, you, you, there are societies, right? Even in Africa and societies where we, 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 archeologists are digging up skulls and they're seeing their skulls and they're, they're shaped differently, right? They have wider cheekbones. They don't have vaulted palates and they didn't have their wisdom teeth taken out, right? Um, whereas here it's like, oh, we need to take a couple of teeth out and we need to put some braces on and tighten this whole thing up and make it look pretty. But now the mouth is small and that tongue ends up going to the back of the throat and we're snoring, right? So, so we go to this gal in my area who does this and she and I are just vibing. We're just, we're just talking the same language and, and, and adding to each other's knowledge and just, oh boy, I think something's gonna happen here, this is good. And so she puts this mouth guard in, that's this Vivos thing and Perla had been wetting the bed two to three times a week. And that was about five, five months ago. So we're still in real time. Hmm. And since then, she's only wet the bed one time, one time since then. And that was, and this is a device that does what? So I, this device literally just goes in the mouth. And so she's now breathing through her nose and it gives her something to bite on because all of her teeth were crowded. They were touching one another. And for a four-year-old, you don't want that. You want space so that everything can have space to grow in, right? Is this like a homeo block? Is, is that similar? I don't know. Oh, okay. Perhaps. Um, 
So what's interesting too is now I'm 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 I, I do the cranial adjustments on people and have them do the exercises online, maybe even get with a myofunctional therapist if we need to ramp it up. And then I have people go to her and you see what happens, you see that maxilla or that that those upper teeth expand and the lower teeth on the jaw, which were tilted in towards the upper teeth, are now actually moving and they're moving out. That's and you're, great. You're, it's so wild. You're hearing similar stories from like people who are um, in their 20s, right? And I talk to their moms or dads and they go, no, he would just sit there in his room, depressed, playing video games, right? And now he's coming out. He's a part of the family. His whole attitude has changed, oh. right? You think that's just from having like more energy, like at a fundamental level from getting more oxygen or? I mean, you're talking about breathing through your nose instead of through your mouth. So we're talking um, when you breathe through your nose, you get more nitric oxide. Nitric oxide uh, helps expand the lungs. So you literally get more lung capacity because you're breathing through your nose, right? I first found this, I do lung capacity testing, right? I've got, in fact, I brought this, my spirometer, right? And I can test how many cubic centimeters or how many liters of air are, are coming in somebody's lungs and how much they can breathe out. So I remember the first time I, I figured this out, I tested this kid and I, I, I hadn't read on it yet. And he had very low lung capacity and I did a cranial adjustment on him through his nose. And right afterwards, he's got a 30% increase in lung capacity. And I'm like, how did this happen? This is crazy, right? And so I look it up and sure enough, it's very well-known knowledge that you breathe through your nose and you get more lung capacity, you get your, your lungs expand more. So it's decreasing stress, it's increasing lung capacity, it's change, literally changing posture. Um, you, you're supposed to talk and eat through your mouth and you're supposed to breathe through your nose. It's just the way it is. Um, there's some people who like just force it, right? Like track coaches, well, they'll just, they'll, they'll put water in their mouth. <laughs> it's and funny it. you say that, uh, wrestling coach, freshman year of high school, we lined up for like a five mile run after school before practice. And he gave us a toothpick to hold oh. in our lips. And, you know, only the badasses like made it through the five miles. But, um, you know, even if you didn't make it all the way, like the, he made a point. And right. like, that was a lesson I took for a long time. And then years later, as an adult, I was a kind of diehard triathlete for a while. And I would get in the habit of just every run, I would see how deep into the run I could get before I opened my mouth. Yeah, with just and, your nose. Yeah. And I didn't really know much about the benefits <laughs> back then. Mm -hmm. I mean, now <laughs> I teach nose breathing all the time. You do. I mean, your innate knew it. Your 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 body knew it. Your, your something was telling you. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's powerful stuff. And the you know the nitric oxide is a very interesting thing because as I learn it, that that as I learn more, that is really our first line of defense for a lot of like pathogenetic things. So, you know, whether there's a pathogen du jour or whatever, like it, you know what's going on in the world, we're not really asking the question, the people that like don't get sick, what do they do different? Mm -hmm. And like, that just seems like some low hanging fruit, like the least we could do 
is put our body in a position where it's more naturally resilient to like just deal with everyday things that are coming in. And the nitric oxide seems like it's really the front line. And when mm-hmm. you breathe through your mouth, I guess you don't make as, as much of it. Right. And when you breathe through, and it's like, that's such a simple thing. Right. Where the benefits are so far reaching. It is. It is. That's, uh, it's great that there's more and more people that are kind of spreading the nose breathing knowledge these days because it, it's the new religion. It's very big. <laughs> it's a new religion. Yeah. Hot. <laughs> and so I've seen some in my, I have a couple family members that are, um, you know, in their 70s now and they're really suffering from poor health. Mm. And there's one, there's two like very common things I see between these people. Their pot, their mouth breathers, and their posture is just jacked. Like the head is just so far forward, not just like far forward from the shoulders, but even mm-hmm. farther forward from the hips. Like the hips mm-hmm. don't extend, like nothing stacked up. Mm-hmm. Did the, you know that there's a connection between uh, mouth breathing and forward head posture? Well, that? it's kind of like what I said earlier, like once your posture's jacked how could you function like how could you breathe right well if you don't even have the architecture to support it right because it's designed to, the spine's designed to line up like it's got some curves mm-hmm. but overall it's like lined up on top of itself for for a reason it's mm-hmm. designed to like support a lot of different things and if that's if it's lost its shape then all the or like there's organs that get smushed. There's definitely there's just less space, physically less space to put air and things. Right. There was a there was a study. In fact, they looked at uh, men in old folks' homes and they looked at their lumbar curve. Right. That lumbar curve that you see when you you watch the Olympics and you see those those gymnasts and they they're not. It's not that they're arrogant. That it's that that lumbar curve is actually your spine is 16 times stronger with that lumbar curve. People always question me on that on, on YouTube, but I'm very much into the lumbar curve. So there was a study where they showed that the less you had a lumbar curve and you see, like you said, those guys who are just their, their whole torso is just canted forward. They have increased mortality. Um, and like you said, you can't get a good breath. Now there might be a shearing force on your knees. And so the knees don't function as well. So there's more sedentary lifestyle. Um, it, it, and then the shoulders go forward, which draw the, the ribs into the sternum. And now the, the lung capacity isn't as good on that level. And so we're talking early death, right? So posture literally will save your life. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting too. I see it in different orientations. Um, in my movement teaching and in my own training, it, I was lucky enough to be introduced to like the value of really the developmental sequence. So like the natural human patterns, rolling and crawling and walking and hinging and squatting and things like that. And the quadruped position, like the crawling position has always fascinated me. And there's some modalities out there that have always, they use this term like neutral spine and they put this head in a position that if I think from like a more ancestral approach really doesn't make sense. Like if you watch a baby crawl, the head is always level. It's like basic survival. You need to have your head up to see where you're going. And mm. one thing I noticed that lumbar spine for folks that have trouble, like they get in that position and their lumbar spine is kind of curving the wrong way, if you will. 
instead of I've I departed from cueing the lumbar spine years ago because all I have to do is say pick your head up. And when mm -hmm. people pick their head up from the quadruped position where they would naturally when they were like one or two years old, um, the, the lumbar curve just it fixes itself. Like you don't have to say anything. All you have to do is like get your head up, control the, like controlling our head in space is kind of like the way we learned how to move through space. I mean, the head's like the top of the nervous system and oh, yeah. we have to, you got to control it. You know, you do. the first thing I do when I'm, when I'm doing posture correction and curve correction is I get the ears over the shoulders. Um, that's, that's number one. And um, <clears throat> some of the things that we do are kind of interesting or where we're doing not just forcing the body to go into a, 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 a position, but actually giving it like a almost homeopathically in a way. Um, for instance, like if you put a backpack on, right, that weight first pulls you back. And then then what do you do? You compensate, you compensate, you hunch forward, right. And so I will take a very serious set of x rays and then put weights on the body. And the body literally will take that compensate into correction. And now what we're doing is we're tapping not just into the conscious nervous system, but into the unconscious because posture should be unconscious. So you're feeding the mistake, not trying to pull it in the way it's supposed to be. You're, you're putting it. You got it. You're getting, yeah. And that, you know, that's, that's terrific. Well, I've been doing that for years in the gym. I was lucky enough to be taught how to do that. And I, you're right. A lot of people get that wrong. They try to, like, if your knee caves in when you squat, they push it out as opposed to, no, 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 you, you got to pull that in. You need to give the subconscious something to respond to. To respond, right, exactly. And so it's totally innate. It's totally from within out, right? right? It's not just imposing your will on top of the, on the body. It's actually allowing it to express itself, which is perfect. It's perfect kind of care. Yeah, but you talk about the, um, the self-care, you know, and the self-care is really it's so powerful. And I think it's one of the blessings of COVID is that people are going, I mean, I have so many people I'm doing zoom calls where they're just, they're like, I haven't left my apartment in a year. You know, mm -hmm. I'm sitting there or I'm afraid to go to the doctor and things like that. And now they're, they're getting on YouTube, they're getting on your channel, they're getting on these other channels and they're going, okay, what, what can I do? How can I help myself? Right. And then they're listening to their bodies a little bit more and going, did this work? Did this work? Did this work? And um, I think that it's, in a way, it's taking people's power back yeah. uh, and saying, I, I have power, I can do something, right? A lot of people are like, well, aren't you, you, you're giving all this information away, you know, uh, aren't you afraid that they're just not going to come in? I'm like, well, that's great, right? <laughs> I'll deal with the very difficult things and you get on second base and I'll hit you into home base, Right. I want to give people the power and realize you own this body. Uh, you're going to, you're going to own it for your whole life. Now own it, right? Uh, live it, do it, maintain it. Um, I, I think, and even just, you know, people, there was a study that came out of Japan where they gave people this whole exercise regime, right? And they just, here you go. This is what you're going to do. This is your thing. Very excited, motivated, scripted. And then they gave another group and they said, here's just do one jumping jack a day, right? And they looked at them for decades and they found this one jumping jack a day group was in better shape, was more consistent with their exercise. 
And, and so you talk about five to 12 minutes. I think if you can get somebody doing something for five to 12 minutes every day, it will bleed into other areas of their life. And all of a sudden they'll go, well, I'll link that one too. Oh, well, why don't I do this less is breathing challenge at night, you know, or something like that. And now, um, and, and maybe on their day off, or maybe when they're not doing that great, they just do that five or 12 minute one, but there's that consistency. And I think that I, I hope that, that America is, is, and the world is, is up leveling this um, because of this COVID situation. Um, because the reality is, is disease in my opinion, in many ways is not the, it's not the seed, it's the soil, right? Um, <clears throat> you take a garbage can out and you, you, I don't know if you ever took a garbage can out and saw, saw maggots in there. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and so you get your can of bug spray and you, you spray it, right. And, and you kill the maggots, right. And you come back the next week, there's maggots again. And so you get your DDT and you, you kill the maggots, you kill half the neighbors and there you go. It's, you did it right. And then <clears throat> the next time you come back and there's maggots because the best way to get no maggots is to clean the garbage can, right? And I think that we as a people um, have to take responsibility, keep our garbage can, keep our body clean. Our bodies aren't landfills, you know, our bodies are our temples and we need to literally take care of them so that when something comes along like a, a COVID-23 or 25 or whatever's next right right we're ready and um we're resilient mechanically immunologically right all in all ways so yeah, we don't absolutely. Have to, yeah i know, think you mentioned it on uh, i think i saw it on either your site or your channel very simply said that like self-care is the best health care something like that and just um and this is an opportunity now some people yeah they 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 have a rough and it hasn't been an opportunity because of their life situation. But for many people, this has really been a wake up call and, you know, a reason to, to go within and, and learn how to do the work and reap those benefits. And then, you know, see how their life improves from that. It's the truth. So, so speaking of these videos, so the thing that, you know, really, I would love to, you're in California. I would love to get out there sometime and get the, get the balloon treatment, I guess maybe one day, but for today, maybe you could give uh, like a little tip, like an entry point for folks that want some kind of intervention that they could do on their own that resembles like what you do in your little videos mm -hmm. um, that just, you know, provides some kind of very quick relief from something, some kind of feel good sure. that they could feel that they've done Maybe if you have like some personal yeah. favorites that would be easy to talk. And for the listeners out there, if you're not watching this on YouTube, if you want to come back to this so that you could see Adam perform these on the video, then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have this obviously on, on video for you. And for those that are watching, maybe you could just guide us for a moment here. You cool you with that? Oh, I'd love it. I'd love to. So <clears throat> there's one more thing I want to talk about, though, really quick. Sure, take that. Perla, we've done the cranial adjustments. We've got the, the, the Vivos. And I'm happy to say this girl, she's not, she's not crazy for like that, but our relationship is so much better. Um, she's giving me a hug and a kiss at night. 
we look at each other in the eyes and communicate the dark circles under her eyes are are, are less wow, that's she's amazing. still tossing and turning she still doesn't have the sleep that her sister does um but we're we're the next thing we're doing is we're going to start a little mouth taping during the day because i notice and you might notice in your in your kids this is very important is if if you're reading your kid and the mouth is open most likely that air is going in and out of the mouth so we're going to start with a little mouth taping during the day because she's always thirsty right why is she always thirsty well she's mouth breathing through the mouth so with that mouth breathing and, and a lot of us are mouth breathing that head can go forward because we're trying to get air so the head goes forward and when the head goes forward like this the suboccipitals which is the junction between your neck and your skull get tight right and this is where this is just neurological grand central station this is probably the most important part of your body in my opinion and so so this area gets tight and it sends a cascade of challenges from, from balance to movement in other ways to blood pressure, all kinds of things can, can happen when that gets tight back there. And I see, especially right now, I see a lot of people with um, ergonomic issues. They think, oh yeah, I'm not working at the office, but I'm gonna be on the couch with my laptop. It doesn't work because when you, if you, if you have the keyboard where it should be and the elbows are at 90 degrees, then the screen is way down low, your head goes lurching for it, the suboccipitals take it. If you bring the screen up, the hands go up, now the wrists are cocked, and now the head is, the, the, the traps are tight, and that's also getting up to your upper cervical. So the, the laptop needs to change people. Change it right now, go get a laptop stand, get a remote keyboard, get a mouse, or get a big setup where you can do a stand up, sit down, but I can't even compete with that. As good as my skills are, as good as Les's videos are, right? It's, sort of, we, it's hard to compete with a laptop um, because it's, you know, it's hours of sitting in a posture, programming your subconscious mind and your postural muscle fibers to, to change. So, so anyway, that's number one. But for those of you who your suboccipitals are tight, maybe you have headaches, et cetera, <clears throat> most of us, the skull goes into extension. And so the occipital lift is good for, I'd say 98.5% of the people out there, okay? Some of you are gonna do this, right? And you're gonna go, I got a little dizzy or I didn't feel right. And that's fine, then you just don't do it. But for 98.5% of you, here you go. Now, so if the, you're like listening to this into the car, I would say, don't do this. Yeah, don't do this. Don't do this. <laughs> wait, wait till you're in a safe place. Uh, it could be disorienting. You're gonna be moving your head around. Right. Just visualize it a little bit. Um, so if you go <clears throat> to your earlobe and then you go down a bit, you're, there's this bump back there. And that bump is called the mastoid process, right? And I like to take the knuckle, the second knuckle on the thumb, or you can do the, the, the tip of the thumb and lodge it underneath it, kind of push up on it, and then do the other one the same. And then you're gonna laterally flex your head, for instance, to your left while you're pushing up underneath that with your right hand and you're pulling down with the left. So you're creating a shearing force. And then you go to the other side, you're lifting that skull up and pulling it down. You might even hear a little cracking. You might feel one side is a little tighter than the other. 
And you might also feel like, you know what, that angle feels good. Let me just do a little angle the head forward a little bit and lift it the other way. And you'll feel that lifting of the suboccipitals. And I tell you, people do this and they, they go, oh, my headache's gone. Oh, I do this. Oh, I feel lighter. Oh, my posture's better, etc. The occipital lift is, in my opinion, phenomenal. Yeah, I, I learned that one from your video and I have to uh, I have to say I love that one. And how many like reps do you recommend or for how much time? Like 40 reps. 40 reps, okay. Yeah. Now, another exercise, which I love, um, it's kind of weird, but I love it. And this one you can do in the car. Um, a lot of us are clinching. Um, clinching is actually another way to get air, believe it or not. We start grinding the teeth to, uh, in fact, my daughter was grinding her teeth. She's not grinding her teeth anymore. And, um, and so we get tight masseters or muscles of, of mastication, the clinchers, right? The masseters, the temporalis up here. And so we wanna, I, I like, a lot of times people are, they're into stretching, they're into massaging, but I'm into also strengthening the antagonistic muscles to the ones that are clenching right? It's like if your biceps are too tight, strengthen your triceps, right? Get a little balance there. Um, there's also strengthening synergists. So you, you share the load, which I'm sure you know, for instance, like the hamstrings and the glutes or, or, the, or the psoas and the, and the abdominals. But so I want to strengthen the openers. Now, <clears throat> a lot of people, a lot of dentists are saying, um, you know, don't open your mouth too much, right? Uh, if you have TMJ. I found success with it. And I, again, I tell people tap into your body. If this doesn't feel right, just do it a little bit. Um, so what you and do- And I don't mean to cut you off there, but I can attest to the little bit. So I got crazy at first digesting your content when I first discovered it. Right. And I was sore as shit for like a while. So these are what I would, I would say that the muscles in the face for most people are probably very neglected. Mm. So just like if you haven't worked out in a long time, and then all of a sudden you work out, like you get sore. So go introduce this, I would say, at a low intensity, easy, don't wail away at it, trying to like fix all your issues on day one. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. I personally have learned the hard way, as I have in many things in life, I got very sore. But now I don't because I've been doing them fairly consistently now, I'd say for a month or so. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, we can get a little too rambunctious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so with this one, the posture is important. And uh, tell us how you would tell somebody to get with good posture. How would you describe that? I, you know, I usually come back to looking at movement from as um, more generally as it's a generation and transfer of force. So I think of where we're generating the force and, and where we're applying that. So I think more of the relationship of the body to the earth and the pushing down. Mm. And as you push down, the rest kind of goes away. Ooh, I love that. Um, but you could use, I know there's, there's more than one type of verbal cue or tactile feedback that you can provide for somebody. But I, I usually lean on the more of a push down than a stand tall concept. I love that. Okay, so I'm going to try and incorporate that. I've never incorporated that before. Okay. So, um, so, so maybe palms facing you, but you, if you're driving, you don't have to do that. Um, palms facing the screen. And then 
I, I want you to push down through your feet or if you're seated, push down through the seat of your, of your hips. And, and I want that pushing down into the earth to bring that chest up. And then as the chest comes up, almost like the back of your body, the, the, the scapula just fall like a waterfall, just come down, right? So it's this, it's front of the body up, back of the body down. And then let that allow your ears to come back over your shoulder. Now, I'm going to have you do this because I can't talk and do it at the same time. Um, but I want you to take the tip of your tongue to the back of your lower teeth and round your tongue forward. Go for it, Les. It's like this. We're all looking silly here, people. So keep the chin down and that mouth is open, right? You're, you're counteracting that that clinching with some opening, right? And that head is over the shoulders. And I like people to do this for about 40 seconds. And what you're gonna notice is, let's see, let's, I'm gonna time you. You're gonna go 30 more seconds. Come on, rep it out, Les, go for it. You got it. And, um, and really, and you, if you want, you can do a little massage there, but you don't need to. That mouth is open. The tongue is literally curled forward. Curl that tongue forward towards me. That's it. And push the tongue onto the teeth so that that mouth gets more and more open just open 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 good loving it oh look at his shoulders they look perfect that's exhausting so i have i have to ask you what's the idea behind the tongue component of that the the rolling it and extending the tongue it out? is actually going to help the jaw so we're getting a double force we're opening it so you using the openers and then we're also using the tongue and we're strengthening the tongue the tongue is it's so undervalued right the tongue is is tongue strength and tongue posture is so important like we talked about for for cranial alignment uh some of my videos have have tongue strengthening and we're going to be working more on it actually because the tongue is it it's really it can determine so much of your body and your posture etc so what's fun about this one also is the voice um i used to have kind of a I don't even want to describe it because I didn't like it. My voice was bad. And uh, it, it was like, hey, what's up? You know, it had this high kind of thing going on. And, um, and there was no resonance. And I started doing these exercises. And very quickly, I got a little resonance. And so if anyone says, oh, I like your voice in the videos, it's just, it's like, a, it's, it's amazing because I actually worked on it a little bit. That's and fascinating. So if you're a singer, this is probably a big deal. If you're a singer, it's a big deal. And now I've got some throat videos where we're working on the uh, posterior digastric muscle under here, getting the throat open um, for better swallowing, for better throat function, singing, that type of thing. That's cool. You got one more for us? Where is that at? You know, I mean, just basic, but it's really good. What I, you know what? I'm, I'm going to give you something that you can do at home that is um that is a winner because right now I'm, I'm dealing big thing in the practice right now is anxiety so many people have anxiety and they think it's coming from here uh, they think it's coming from their head like oh i'm an anxious person i'm a wreck but oftentimes it's coming from the chest um when when the ribs get locked into the sternum when the intercostal muscles get in spasm it's like you don't get as much oxygen and the heart starts beating and the breath rate, you go into more of a sympathetic nervous system response. And so I start working on the ribs, the intercostals, getting people to stretch. And the anxiety is just, whoa, where did the anxiety go? 
right? Oh, so one cool. of the things I like is if you have like an electric toothbrush or if you have a regular toothbrush is, is take your one arm onto the side of a wall and just stretch that chest back while you're brushing your teeth on the one side, right? And then switch to the other hand, which helps you proprioceptively uh, and, and stretch the other side. So let's say it takes you two minutes to brush your teeth. You, it's a minute and a minute on your chest twice a day, right? Which hopefully is gonna counteract some of that phone use, some of that computer use. And now you're walking around with the chest up a little bit and you're breathing a little bit better. And brushing so, your teeth with your non-dominant hand Yes. It's very good for the brain. That's that's BDNF right there. That's uh, right on. I think that stimulates some brain derived neurotropic factor. You got it. Maybe not shaving, but you know, <laughs> with a single blade. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> no, it's a good tool. I've heard like uh, a couple coaches talk about doing that, and it's surprisingly hard. But then if you do it a few days in a row, it gets easier pretty quickly. The body, it does. the brain, it does. just adapts. Yeah, as a chiropractor, you have to be ambidextrous. So I, I, I'll play ping pong with my left hand and do things with my left hand, even though it's not dominant. Cool. Those are great tips. And if people want to learn more, uh, it's fieldschiropractic.com. Chiro, no, it's fieldsfamilychiro.com. We'll it. link to that in the show notes. And your YouTube channel is Adam Fields DC. Is that correct? It is. And I highly recommend folks to check that out. And, uh, you know, he says it well, pick a couple videos. It doesn't have to be a couple videos every day, but it's a, a nice rule of thumb to shoot for. And I guarantee you will get value out of it. Adam, is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience or anything? I'd just like to say thank you. It's an honor to be here. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks. Well, I really appreciate it. I love the work you're doing. I'm grateful for what it's done for me personally, and I'm excited for folks out there to learn more. And if you're out there and you test it out and you have something you want to share with the community, uh, what it's doing for you, please share it. And uh, Adam, thanks again for taking the time. Maybe we'll, we'll do this again uh, sometime, maybe in person one day where uh, we could show the audience you uh, putting a balloon up my nose or something. That's great, let's do it. <laughs> All right, for the listeners out there, I'm very grateful for you guys tuning in and for listening. Um, I hope you got some value out of this. And if you know somebody that you think would enjoy this, please share the episode. Everybody out there, you guys have a great day. Well, thanks again for tuning into that episode. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I know I did. It was great to hear Adam's story, how he got to become a chiropractor. And it, I thought it was very touching to hear how he was navigating the situation with his daughter. So, um, it was just great. I know as a parent, there's just something that you, you get when you see your child that's not doing well. It's a very helpless feeling. So it's not an easy thing for any parent to deal with. And it was interesting to, to hear about how he worked through that and how he is currently working through that. So again, I appreciate this, uh, that you guys are tuning in and listening. I thank you for all the positive feedback for these episodes. If you know someone that you think would appreciate these episodes, please share. And if you haven't done yet, if you would leave a review on your podcast player, I would be grateful. Also, if you're looking for ways to support the mindful movement, I think the best way to do it is to join our private membership. It's growing fast. It's becoming a kind of fun community. You do get some unique content. And more importantly, what we're doing is a monthly live appointment 
meeting, whatever, gathering, whatever you want to call it, where Sarah and I are guiding the audience in real time on a practice that we're also participating in. So there's just something about knowing that we're all kind of doing it together at the same time, even though we're spread out all over the world. And what that practice generally looks like, Sarah will set the intention, maybe do a few readings for us. I'll guide you through a gentle movement, stretching, maybe some breath work, and then Sarah will finish us off with a nice guided meditation, working her magic. So I'm really enjoying it, and I think the audience is too so far, so if you want to join in with that, then just follow the links to join our private membership. It's not expensive, and it's a nice treat. Um, that's pretty much it today, so thanks again. I'm grateful for your listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you have a terrific day.